You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. You know, a lot of times we get hung up in doing ministry in very humanistic ways, which is a little ironic, since first off, it's not our ministry, it's Jesus's. And uh, um, secondly, God has given us a Holy Spirit to do ministry with. And when we look at the Bible, we get a really clear glimpse of what ministry is actually like. And you see it. Throughout the Old Testament, there are occasionally these ministers who rise up where God's presence is put on them in a very special way. The Holy Spirit comes and lives with them and teaches them how to teach others and to bring about his word. This this was rare in the Old Testament. Occasionally it was kings. Occasionally it was prophets. But for the most part throughout the Old Testament, not everybody had the Holy Spirit. And so it was just kind of thought that like the Holy Spirit especially worked with those who are kind of in the upper echelons of of kind of the ministerial world. But one day a prophet rose up named Joel and said, down the road, down the road, everyone who follows God is going to be given his Holy Spirit. And that is the way in which we are going to be doing ministry. We live in the most exciting time there has ever been in spiritual history. Don't get me wrong. There's like a more exciting time coming with the new creation and the resurrection. But right now is more exciting than it's ever been. And what do we have to show for it? Across the church at large, what do we have to show for it? Sometimes a lot. Sometimes a little. And sometimes pandemics hit. And it feels like there's kind of a rendering of the church. But the heat is put on. And some of it fades away and some of it rises up. Some of it's stronger. Some of it's more tender. The fat renders out. The juices come out. Things get better. But it gets smaller too, like a brisket, right? You throw a giant brisket in a smoker, It's going to get smaller by the time it's over. (laughs) But it's going to taste right. And that's hard because when we think of ministry, like we we want everything to just be going up and things to be getting better and just miracle after miracle being poured out. And sometimes that comes and that's what we call revivals throughout history. But a lot of times there's also that wading through it, going through the suffering, going through the pain. But... The Holy Spirit is very powerful, and he is not stuck when there are only few people following him. Because Jesus changed the whole world, starting with just a handful of disciples. That through the 12, there would become 70, and through the 70, there would be more sent out to the point that churches start rising up as the Holy Spirit bursts out of people at Pentecost and they run out into the streets and they start speaking in the languages of all the nations that have gathered in Jerusalem for the holiday here at Pentecost. And that word then bursts out as these people return to their homes and say, guess what we saw in Jerusalem? It was crazy. 
was all of our brothers and sisters speaking our languages, even though they didn't know them. It was about this Jesus guy. Have you heard of him? Apparently he got killed. But apparently he's alive. Yes. At least that's what Peter was saying. What's that all about? And suddenly the word moves, and it moves, and it moves, and a fire gets out. And then you have some mega prophets and apostles rising up who are now going to reach even the people outside of the Jewish faith. The people that you never thought were going to get saved. You and I. The ones who were always on the outside. But now the walls are broken down. And instead of adapting all these outside cultures into the Jewish culture, they say, no, 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 stay your culture. Just Jesus is your king now. So figure out how to rewrite your culture to match him. And now the movement's growing and growing and growing. And Jesus, he thought he'd be back in one generation is the way he talked about it. And sometimes I wonder if that was the case. Was he actually planning on coming back that soon? But were Christians perhaps, possibly, maybe, in the grand scheme of things, obedient enough that God was like, eh, let's wait a second. That's what Revelation's all about. It's always the Christian saying, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back? And God's saying, hang on, hang on, hang on. It could be worse. There's still more to be saved. There's still more people willing. Wait until they're all like Pharaoh and their hearts are too hard to listen. And we might have just gone through a season in the church where hearts are too hard to listen. Yes. But God is the God of the prodigal too. And he is interested in bringing all people back to him. As Peter himself said, God wills that all would be saved. But it's not through our power that people will be saved. It's through the Holy Spirit. He is the one who gets us to do ministry. I love apologetics. Apologetics is more or less like when we create adequate defenses for our faith so that we can get out there like, well, you think Christianity is weird, but think about it this way. Here's a little bit of logic to sprinkle in there. Oh, that logic's actually pretty good. Yeah, okay, very good argument. That's great and all, but you can't argue someone completely into the faith. Eventually, the Spirit is the one who saves Eventually, Always the Spirit is the one who saves. You cannot save anyone. Now you can partner with God to see people saved. That's what apologetics is. But eventually it's always the Holy Spirit. And sometimes he shows up when we're not expecting it. Sometimes he's looking at the people that we're not looking at. Like Peter and Cornelius. Peter has a vision from the Holy Spirit. Peter, you've always been worried about eating certain kinds of foods. I want you to know it's okay now. <laughs> and then knock, knock, knock at the door. Who's that? Oh, it's Cornelius. He's a Gentile. He eats those kinds of food. Peter goes to meet with Cornelius. And he's trying to figure out why he's had this vision. He's trying to figure out why he's here. What does Cornelius need to know? And so Peter just starts telling them the news about Jesus. I guess this is going to render out in some way. I don't exactly know what. But Cornelius, here's the deal. There's this guy named Jesus. He was our Savior. And before Peter is finished preaching his little message, trying to explain it, he sees something that messes with his mind. The Holy Spirit comes on these Gentiles in front of him, Cornelius and his family, and they all start speaking in tongues. And Peter is probably thinking to himself, God, what you doing? <laughs> That's for us. No, 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 Peter, listen to the prophets. I will baptize all my people in the Holy Spirit. We can do no church, no ministry, nothing without the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. And we've got to stop trying. 
It's pointless because it's fruitless because the one who grows the fruit is the Holy Spirit. It is the fruit of the Spirit. Try as you may, you are not going to be able to love in a spiritual kind of way, in a Jesus kind of way, out of your own flesh because your flesh is broken. You can image to a certain extent, but if you want that Jesus kind of love, that kind of love that Jesus has whole crowds come up to him and suddenly the Bible says he's filled with compassion and even though he probably wants to go to sleep or be away from people, now he can't. He's got to serve them because his heart burns for them because his love is extravagant. That's the kind of Holy Spirit within us that motivates us with fruit to love those around us, to see and people like Cornelius who we weren't expecting to see God show up in those places, to see people saved, which again, we cannot do. It is the Spirit at work. And Jesus himself, as he's leaving, To go and be resurrected all the way up to heaven. He tells his disciples. That they are not to go and do ministry. Until they have been clothed with power from on high. And so often we just. We we forget that. We try to do it anyways. Ah we don't need the power of Jesus. We got apologetics. (laughs) No. Be clothed with power from on high. Jesus sent us out in the Great Commission. Go heal people. Go cast out demons. Go baptize people. Show them who the Holy Spirit is. And Paul would walk around doing ministry and he'd come across some of these Christians who who had been baptized in John's baptism, a repentance through water, but he'd also come across some who were like, well, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They're like, well, no, we didn't know there was such a thing. What are you talking about? (laughs) Oh, well, you need that one too. And so he would pray over them and the Holy Spirit would come and they would burst out in tongues. See, that is the beauty of the Holy Spirit. Like half the time, we don't even know what he's doing in us with gifts like that. But when we are faithful to him, he is faithful to us. Do you want to move into the greater gifts that God has for you? Then be faithful in the little bit that he gives you at first. There's a parable about that somewhere. If you want to get to the greater extents of what God wants to do in your life, then be faithful with the little pieces first. Amen. If you want to receive the greater kind of gifts that are ahead of you, that Paul actually told us to be zealous for. In other words, like if you can't prophesy yet, Paul would tell you, well, then be eager that you might. Because maybe it will come. As you are faithful with what you have, God will give more. And a lot of times when I look at the dryness that's come with COVID and I look around and um, don't know from week to week what's going on, you know, how many will be this week? Are we going to grow back up or fall back down or things like that? One of the things that God really worked on my heart at a previous conference was, Jamin, you just got to be focused on me. Right in the word. What was that? You got to be focused on me. Because you see, when God shows up and things happen, that reaches people. It happened all throughout the Bible. Jesus would try to keep his presence quiet in some areas because if news got out, there'd be a big crowd and then he couldn't stay. So he'd actually heal people and be like, all right, but shut up about it. 
But then they wouldn't. They would go out and tell everyone. Because it's really hard to be quiet when you're like, hey, you know how I've been blind over there for the last 30 years? Well, now I can see. <laughs> well, how'd you do that? Oh, it's that guy over there. Hey, that guy over there. Come over here. We've got questions for you. Right? When you see the work of the Holy Spirit around you, people come in. I remember when I was in a Pentecostal church for a while. Um... There was a day, like midweek, where a light outside caught on fire, which uh, is a light outside catching on fire. You know, that's bad wiring. But the neighbor across the street, it said that, he said, I've heard about this kind of stuff happening there. (laughs) Nah, bro, it's bad wiring. But that's the kind of thing that happens when people hear about the Holy Spirit happening. I've heard about this kind of stuff. Lights catching on fire. We, we don't. It's not usually that, but still, nonetheless, they have a perception. They're paying attention. And when we get out there and we show people what Jesus is like, when we are an example of the Holy Spirit in our community, people catch a glimpse. We are in the perfect space to give that glimpse. We were worshiping in, in the front spare um this past Wednesday, <laughs> and when we were done, uh, one of the people in the room was like, "Jerry, there was a drug deal that happened behind you while you were leading worship." Perfect. That's why we're here. (laughs) Remember almost exactly a year ago when I had Mark preach outside and a gunshot went off behind him? Perfect. That's why we're here. And then another gunshot went off behind him. (laughs) And Mark in perfect form was like, well, anyways. (laughs) Perfect. That's why we're here. And we buy up houses in the community and move into areas that may be unsafe. Great! That's why we're here. Because though the world may be dark and though there may be plenty of spirits out there trying to lead people in all different kinds of ways, we move in with the spirit of light, Jesus himself. And when people catch a glimpse of the light amidst the darkness, things happen, things change. But you've got to be faithful with little so that he can pour into you more. There's a parable about that somewhere. Is he everything? Is he the focus of your life? And if not, then what is? Because whatever it is, it's not worth it. And there are a lot of good things to be obsessed with. But the good news is, if you're obsessed with Jesus, the rest of the things fall into place in the correct form. When you're obsessed with Jesus, the Holy Spirit pours out more. That's what we got to be hungry for. So Bible talks about the Holy Spirit as, yes, a baptism, but then also something that we keep on drinking. Paul himself said, do not be drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but to be drunk with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Which implies to me that Paul knew something about that phenomenon that we still see today where people are drunk in the spirit. Yes. Clearly he had seen something like that before. It's called Pentecost, by the way. <laughs> they cannot be drunk. It's too early in the morning for that. Do you want the Holy Spirit? You want to see your life change, 1208 change, this community change. Then it starts there. Faithful with little, and he will be faithful back. 
You do not need to live your life by yourself. You do not need to keep on going, draining just your own energy. Jesus comes with you. He walks with you. He holds you in your darkest moment and says, okay, baby, we got this. If our God is for us, who can be against us? If everything is falling apart, but you've got the spirit, you've got everything you need. So as we wrap up on this Mother's Day, I encourage you to seek your heart. Ask God what is uh, there and uh, um, what is the focus And then bring Jesus to the forefront of it. And as he pours out his Holy Spirit on you, receive it and allow him to fill you up in new ways, new dimensions. So that you can continue to do exactly what he needs you to do. The Holy Spirit is not someone else. This is, the Bible says, the Spirit of Jesus. It is God. It is the Father. And if you're hungry to want to know what he has to say to you, then be filled with him and listen. Jesus, make us more hungry. And as we are faithful to you, would you be faithful in return? Uh, As we ramp up, Caitlin. Take the mic, young Padawan. Okay, so um, I, Jamin asked me to talk about something. Um, and when he first asked me, he called me this morning, and I was like, I don't want to do that. Um, and so I wrestled with God all day about it. Um, and so I feel, I felt as I was like sitting back there, um, that somebody or maybe more than one need to hear this. And so I'm just going to trust in the Holy Spirit that Jamin just talked about and I'm just going to roll with it. Um, so if I seem a little nervous, I am, don't worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so me and Jamin met up, I don't know, probably like a month ago, maybe not even a month ago. Um, but, uh, I was being impressed and, um, I don't know if anyone was here during the one where I was up on stage. And so me and Jamin believe, I think that he also believes that we kicked one out by accident. So I was getting impressed. And then, um, if you like, oh, so I felt like I was getting impressed by a demon of like suicide kind of thing. So then we like accidentally, not intentionally, no, it was a good thing, but it was like an accidental like kick out um, because it didn't have any authority anymore to like be here um, because I healed from the thing that I needed to heal from. Um, so then when you kick one out, they usually, the other ones that are standing around, they get mad. So then I accidentally angered them. Um, and so then I was getting like tortured for like a month and finally, I can be very stubborn. And so finally I allowed 
um, I said, it was actually a night here. I had started getting like some really weird things in my sacred space. And I was like, okay, I'm finally ready to like, you know, do this. So then um, I said, Jamin, can we try to get this out tonight? Because I was getting like no sleep. Um, it was just not great. So then we met up and uh, thankfully like someone came at the last minute because if you know these things then you should like have someone there with you so you're not alone just in case something bad happens. So um, you know I go into my sacred space but I really had a hard time getting into my sacred space um, and then um, God revealed to me that I was hurting and so he fought to get to me essentially. Um, and then once I started realizing like the names of them, um, it would actually not allow me to speak. So then Jamin thankfully realized what was going on and he started praying that whatever this like demon was doing to me, he, it would like, it would stop so that I could speak and so we could get through what we were trying to do. And um, the thing that I was holding on to the most at that time was a demon of anger and its name was gremlin which probably sounds super weird but um so and i had been angry like super angry for a month um i mean i struggled with anger throughout my whole life but um for the past month i was just angry and i, I realized it started getting kind of bad because one of my friends came up to me and she said caitlin you need to put the armor of god on and my first thought and I know it wasn't me, but my first thought was, what is that going to do? Like, it hasn't helped me this far. What is it going to do? Um, and so I started realizing that it was, like, getting into my thoughts and stuff. So then I realized that um, it was a generational curse and that it stemmed from my dad. And then before my dad, it was his dad. And then it was his dad. And it carried on to me and my brother. And so I then was angry at God for giving me the family that I got. And so then um, God revealed to me by going back into my memories that God didn't do any of those things. And God doesn't wish bad upon us. And he was there with me in all of those bad times. And he sat with me. And he made sure that nothing bad happened to me to the point that I couldn't come back. He always fought for me and he'll always fight for each one of you. Yeah. And I just want you guys to know that if you're angry, I would just say that just go to your sacred space and just go to that, like go to the Lord with that anger because he can handle it. Yeah. Um, and just allow him to break anything down that needs to be broken down. If that is a memory that you need to go to and to just bring that to the Lord and so that he can reveal to you how he was with you in that memory, I would just challenge you to do that. Um, I would say the worst thing I ever did was run from God and run from all these things. Um, and now that I have allowed these oppressions to get away from me and get off of me, um, I realized that they were coping mechanisms and I never got to heal um, and that these like demons were essentially telling me that I needed them. But ultimately, the only person that we need is God. Amen. And so I would just leave that with you guys and yeah. <laughs>